everything I went through with her made me lose this false sense of control that I had over my life. Yeah. Like, I can't control any of this. So I just have to let it go and turn it over to God. Mm -hmm. And that was really a gift for me that through God, my daughter gave me. Welcome to Tower Talks. I'm Ashley. And I'm Caitlin. This is the podcast where oversharing is caring and no subject is off limits. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So recently we shared dad's testimony and his story of his whole cancer journey. And so we thought it was fitting to share Fiona's birth story because that kind of tied in with dad's story and all of that. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. So all of this was 2020? Yes. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Such a year. All of it. <laughs> um, so at the beginning of the year, y'all were not thinking baby at all. No. We were... We were just very content yeah. with our family of three. Like, Kellen was a great kid, you know. And we knew we wanted him to have siblings, but we just didn't want to mess up the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, when would be the right time to plug another kid in here? Yeah. And, um, you know, I just prayed, like, God, I'm going to need you to tell me when it's time because I am totally fine right now right and did what did he tell you yeah he he did do that um (laughs) it was june of 2020 when i got this just overwhelming feeling that like it is time to have another baby it is time to expand our family yeah and um not long after that kellen actually started praying for a little sister so i was like "Eh, there's your confirmation (laughs) And then Josh, was he home? Yeah, he was home for that. Yes, he had, I had told him that I felt the need to have another baby. And, you know, he was like, we had talked about we would eventually have one. Yeah. And so I said, I just get the feeling that, like, right now is the time. And he said, okay. He said, well, just so we don't, like, jump the gun, why don't we take a month or two to think about it Mm -hmm. and really be sure that this is, you know, what we both want. And I thought that was a good idea. So I was like, that sounds good to me. We'll just take a little time to sit with it, marinate on it and make sure that that's, you know, the plan. Mm -hmm. And then about August or early September, we, we decided like, yeah, we're ready. Yeah. And, um, he was, scheduled to go so hurricane laura hit and he had to leave to go help with storm cleanup he's an electrical lineman and so they go all over the country anytime a big storm hits to help with the cleanup and restoring the power lines and all of that so he goes to do that and he said how about this i'm about to leave for this storm when i come back we can start trying to have another baby Mm -hmm. and i said Sounds like a plan to me, you know, so that was what we had decided. (laughs) And then while he is gone. While he is gone, my grandmother dies. We have her funeral and dad gets diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Like boom, boom, boom. Back to back to back. So then when he comes back, you're not so much in baby making. (laughs) (laughs) 
other things are taking precedent here. Yeah. And so when he came back, he, he actually wound up leaving early mm-hmm. just to come back and be there to support me. Yeah. And when he came back, he was like, listen, I'm not going to pressure you. Like, I am going to leave this all up to you. If you decide you can't deal with that right now, that's fine. If you decide you want to go ahead, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever you choose. And I was like, you're just going to have to give me a minute. (laughs) Right. Like, I've got to, I've really got to think about this and pray about this. And so I took a few days and I just remember going, what the crap, God? Mm -hmm. You know, like, you knew this was going to happen. You were not surprised by this. Why? would you encourage me to throw pregnancy hormones on top of this? Yeah. Like, that's super fun for me. And all the response that I could hear him give me was, do you trust me? And I really had to think about it because, like, it's easy to say you trust God, but then when you have to put your money where your mouth is, it's a different ballgame. Yeah. Because it, for me, it was like, if I cross this line, there's no going back. Like, one of two things is going to happen. I either say, yes, I trust you, and we have to deal with whatever happens. Or I say, mm, actually, I'm not sure. And I always wonder. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm such a curious person that, like, me thinking that, well, if I don't do this, I'll always wonder, like, that's a surefire way to get me to do something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I cannot stand the not knowing. Right. So I was just like, okay, I, I got to jump in with both feet and mm-hmm. and just say, I trust you. And that either means that you're going to show up and be who you say you are. Yeah. Or everything I've believed in my entire life is a sham. Yeah. And I have to deal with that unraveling. (laughs) Yeah, because we had no idea what any of your dad's stuff looked like at this point. No. Like, it was crazy at that point. And and it did not look good. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we were not given much hope. All of the statistics, all of the medical terms... Yeah. ...was not um, looking like, you know... It was not looking good. Yeah. So you decide to trust God and go ahead with it. So tell us what happened next. Um, I think it was Christmas, right? Yeah, I told Josh, let's go ahead. And he was like, all right, that's fine. And so we started trying. And I think that I only had like one negative pregnancy test between the time we started trying and the time I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. So it was like... (laughs) It happened very quickly. Yeah. Well, you can't change your mind now. (laughs) Um, So we told everybody that Christmas. Yeah. uh, We announced it at Christmas, and and everybody was really excited about it. But I really think that just seeing the look on my dad's face Mm -hmm. when I told him I was pregnant, I think that it was like, oh, now I have something to look forward to. Yeah. You know, now I have something that I, I need to be sure I'm there for that. Yeah. So like I, I have to fight to stick yeah, around. I think it gave him something to fight for, honestly. And uh, we found out that it was a little girl, and I decided, or we decided to name her Fiona Louise, 
Louise is my grandmother's middle name, but that name means fair warrior. And so it was like she was born into a battle, Mm -hmm. and I knew she was going to have to be strong. But she was also like always this little ray of sunshine in the darkness. Like she brought light to a situation that was really bleak. And I, I just know that like, God had to do that, you know, yeah. like he knew what he was doing when he asked me to take that leap of faith. And I just think like, what, what would have happened if I didn't yeah. do that? That would be so crazy without V. There's no telling where, where any of that would have wound up. Yeah. Just because of, of how, how much that kind of changed our perspective on life mm-hmm. in general. Right. It just became this precious thing in more ways than one. Yeah. All right. So she was born in July. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, like, exactly what was going on with Dad at that time? Um, I just know that, like, he had had his stomach removed in February, I think. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and all the complications that happened after that, like, when we did the gender reveal, he was so sick that he could not leave the house right and so like I came to his house and told him it was a girl before anybody else found out yeah the gender reveal just to make it special for him but um and he was doing his treatments uh-huh. like chemo radiation all that during that time too so everybody had to yeah. be very careful yeah because so. this is still like COVID season yeah season <laughs> <laughs> well COVID year two <laughs> yeah, COVID 2.0. But um yeah, we had to we had to be real careful about being around him and yeah. and all of that. It was it was not a good looking time. But then when it came to her birth, he started doing better. Mm-hmm. Like that was when he had he was able to eat again and he was, you know, trying to figure out his diet and all of that. Yeah. So he was doing better. He was just still just came out of that yeah so tell us about fiona's actual birthday oh gosh (laughs) that was not fun for me um (laughs) the week leading up to that like i don't know what it is with my body but it likes to keep the babies in there Mm -hmm. for longer than they need to be but then you also have so many contractions before where you think it is happening because I remember you texting I was like on the plane to go to Mexico Mm -hmm. and you were like I don't know what we're gonna do but I think it's happening yeah I had an entire week yeah 16 hours worth of false labor leading up to her birth yeah so that was already like wearing me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were also gone and you were my birth coach. And I was like, <laughs> what do I do? Um, but then the actual labor hit and something about the way my body works with both of my children, I had 27 hour long labors Yeah, with both of them, like mm-hmm. almost exact same times too, which yep. was weird. But um, it was just really tough there was lots of uh I was trying to like will my body to cooperate with me and it was fighting against me and it was just it was just a rough day yeah in general well and like side note but Josh 
yeah who will never tell you like i'm hurt i feel bad is sick like he willingly put on a mask and went and laid down on the couch so we were like boy does not feel good at all something is up with him yeah i have only seen josh like down for the count maybe I mean, I can count it on one hand. Yeah. The amount of times I have seen him. He so asked me sick. to take his temperature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, are you dying? <laughs> what is going on? So Josh did not feel good. Your labor was progressing, but taking, taking it sound like it does. Yeah. And tell him about your back. I don't know if we've ever talked about your back before. Oh, yeah. So 2010, right after I graduated high school, I had scoliosis surgery. I had had scoliosis. I I was diagnosed at 15, but 2010, they were like, you know, when they found it, they were like, this has progressed too far to, like, correct it with a brace or anything like that. Like, she's going to have surgery, but we need to wait until she's, like, done growing. Yeah. That was what they told my mom. And so in 2010, I guess they thought I was old enough. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had surgery. Um they unzipped me pretty much from my shoulder blades all the way down and uh, put two metal rods on either side of my spine, I think 12 screws, and they fused my bottom three vertebrae. Right. So my back is like, it's always giving me fits of pain. And you add contractions to that. Right. (laughs) Because that's what I was going to say, like, physically, here's our anatomy lesson. (laughs) The ligaments that come off of your uterus attach to your spine. So every time your uterus contracts, it pulls forward. So then those ligaments are pulling against your spine. And for Caitlin, all of her labor pain was mainly from her rods in your back. Like, you were rocking it up until... Right, because I wanted pain so got so badly to have a natural labor. Mm-hmm. And I had tried with Kellen, and I reached a point where I was like, okay, okay, another side note, they had told me back when I had that surgery, you'll yeah. never be able to have an epidural. When you have children, you'll have to have a C-section because there's no way you can push them out naturally. Yeah. That's what they told me. And so I was terrified of the epidural. And <laughs> when I was pregnant with Kellen... They said, can we just get the anesthesiologist in here to talk to you? Right. And I was like, I mean, you can. And he comes in and he was like, okay, so why don't you want the epidural? And I said, I, was told I don't want to be paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, I'm not going to paralyze you. But, I mean, that was a legitimate fear. That's what they had told yeah. me would happen. And you're, like, learning all of this new information that you can't, like, this is an option for you. In but the middle of yeah, labor, it, like, when you cannot make decisions Make rationally. a decision right now on this new information <laughs> you've been given. So I said, I was like, okay, I guess we can try it. Because I knew that it was either that or a C-section. And I did not want a C-section. And so I put my life in this doctor's hands, basically. And yeah. was like, you can give me an epidural. And he did. And Kellen's birth from then on out was easy. <laughs> I was like, chilling pushing this baby out yeah but then um with Fiona I was like I want to try to do it naturally this time like I think I can do it 
last time I just didn't know what I was doing, you know, mm-hmm. this time I know what to expect kind of thing. And uh, it just so happened that the same anesthesiologist was on call that night. Yeah. And so I was doing good, like you said, and then the back labor hit. Mm-hmm. And it was like, nope. Yeah. My rods are going to snap in half. Like, I cannot do this. And so they called the anesthesiologist, and he comes in, and I was like, all right, you did this last time. Yep. I am trusting you. <laughs> and I was at, like, wasn't it at, like, eight centimeters yeah. at that point? Like, I was almost there. Yeah. And the nurse even said, honey, you are so close. Are you sure you want to do this? Right. And I was like, I cannot last five more minutes like this. And then she looked at you and was like, <laughs> what do you think? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. This is, we're, t- we're talking to the patient right now. And uh, so then they gave me the epidural. And I was fine for about two more hours. Uh-huh. And then they were like, okay, it's getting close. Like, you're, you're getting yeah. close to pushing. And I was like, hmm, um, my hip feels a little painful right now. (laughs) (laughs) And then they were like, oh, we can give you a boost of the pain meds. That'll go away. You won't feel a thing. Yeah. They give me the boost of the pain meds. And five minutes later, I'm like, hmm, now I feel the left hip. Um, This is starting to feel really intense. And all of a sudden, it was like the epidural wore off. Yep. And in that moment, they were like, all right. It's time to push. Time to push. By the way. Your doctor's delivering another baby, so <laughs> <laughs> somebody catch it. We're you know? here. <laughs> and I just had to, like, n- I, I think when I started pushing, there was no doctor in the room. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, like, pushing this baby out. The most incredible pain I have ever felt in my life. Felt like I was being sawed open from the inside. <laughs> And I'm not trying to scare people because, like, I'm pretty sure it mainly had to do with my rods. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know that for certain. Yeah. You can attest to that. Well, I think it has to do with the fact that you went from the epidural and being numb to now it's, like, the full force pushing feeling. Like, it wasn't the gradual buildup like it would be without it. Yeah. So, I think that was part of it. Plus the rods and everything else that's a factor for you right so i had said i wanted a natural labor and god was like (laughs) answered prayer there you go (laughs) but when i started pushing i legit pushed like five times and she was out yeah i I mean it took me no time because i was like i have to get this baby out of me yeah so i did and and as soon as she came out like it was immediate relief right you're fine yeah which is so bizarre yeah that our bodies do that but it was just like oh okay now Mm -hmm. I'm just a little tired (laughs) (laughs) but I have my baby yeah but she's out thank you god um and so she was out and and she was totally fine you know but it was it was definitely an intense birthing process yeah so and then tell us a little bit about everything that came after yeah so, like you said, Josh was not feeling well. Mm-hmm. Um, he went home that night because he was like, listen, I do not feel good. Like, yeah. I think if I get a good night's sleep, I'll be fresh tomorrow. I can come back and help you. Mm-hmm. So, he called his sister, and his sister came to the hospital to stay with me that night. Yeah. And um, 
that wound up, you know, working out good. But then the next morning, she had to leave, and Josh had not yet made it up to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So it was just me and Fee. And then the nurses came in to help me go to the bathroom, because that's a whole process. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so Fiona was in her little bassinet thingy, and they were helping me. Nobody was in there with her. Mm-hmm. They were helping me out for a few minutes. I get back up, the nurses leave, and I go to pick her up, and she's blue, not breathing. Have I not told you this? I don't think I've ever heard this story. Yeah, she was blue. Like, she she was not breathing. And I freaked out. Yeah. And so I pick her up, and, you know, it was like when I picked her up, she could catch her breath, but yeah. the laying on her back, I guess, something – and I panicked. I called the nurses, and I was like, I need somebody in here now. And it felt like still like another five minutes right. before anybody came in there. And I'm crying my eyes out because I'm alone. Yeah. And this brand-new baby that I just had is, like, not breathing. But um, I was like, she couldn't breathe, like, and nobody's in here. I don't know how long she couldn't breathe for. And the nurse was like, oh, sometimes the, what is it called, meconium or whatever, will get trapped in their airways and and they just have to like cough it up and you know yada yada but I'm I'm just like she was like so casual about it like I didn't just have a traumatic experience my baby was blue (laughs) thank you for caring I called Josh and I was like you got to get up here right now Mm -hmm. because I was panicked and I was like I cannot take care of this baby by myself so anyway there was that (laughs) yeah I really don't think I've ever heard that part (laughs) (laughs) but it was like just to back up, give you a little context for this. Before Fiona was born, I was praying about her one night, and I felt like God said, she is going to make you adaptable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, great. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought that means, like, she's going to be a little hellion. She's going to make you pull your hair out, that kind of thing. And it really wasn't like that. It was yeah. just that, like, everything I went through with her made me lose this false sense of control that I had over my life. Yeah. Like, I can't control any of this. So I just have to let it go and turn it over to God. Mm -hmm. And that was really a gift for me that through God, my daughter gave me. Yeah. And so all of this wound up being a blessing, but it was just like (laughs) one thing (laughs) after another, after another. Like, Keep in mind, my dad is still going through his cancer battle right. when all of this is going on. So then uh, I come home from the hospital, and a week, two weeks later, or no, 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 sorry, a week later, mm-hmm. my stomach was hurting. And I was like, something doesn't feel right. Like, I think I need to go back to my doctor and just get it checked out just yeah. to see. So I go back to my OB. And it was like upper abdomen area, and it was just painful. And so she presses on my stomach a little bit. She was like, yeah, it looks like you, uh, is it herniated? Mm-hmm. I get hernias and hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Hernia <laughs> is your abdomen. Yeah, after my daughter, I had a hemorrhoid. <laughs> no. uh, hernia, so that's like when your intestine is like pushing through a hole. Wall. Uh Um, and she was saying basically like, yeah, you've herniated this, this upper abdomen part right here because you were pushing so hard to get her out. 
Uh, so what you need to do is just rest. And I think that if you rest it, if you, like, try not to lift heavy things, that kind of thing, like, it should over time go down on its own and you shouldn't need surgery. But if you don't rest, like, you yeah. can aggravate it more, that kind of thing. And so that was her advice to me. A week after that, like, little did I know that I had actually contracted COVID. Mm-hmm. And that laying down and resting was the worst thing that I could do. So a week after that, I felt like I could not breathe. Yeah. My lungs were, like, closing up. Mm -hmm. And it was a Friday afternoon, and I had been kind of battling this, and I was like, I just have a cough. Like, this is just mucus, you know, like, I got a sinus, something or another. But then that Friday, it, it had gotten really bad. Yeah. And I was like, I genuinely feel like I can't breathe. I need to go to the doctor. But again, COVID season. So right. all of the doctor's offices are full. You're not getting in there for hours. Mm-hmm. Well, my baby's not allowed in the waiting room. Yeah. I can't go hours without nursing her. So what am I supposed to do? So I left the waiting room because I was like, I can't, I can't be in here that long. And I called my best friend, Brenda, who is a nurse, and I just said, like, hey, do you know of anywhere open on Saturdays, like, that maybe I could go to tomorrow? Yeah. And she was like, well, what you, what's going on? And I said, I just feel like I can't breathe. And she goes, go to the clinic right now. I am meeting you up there. Mm-hmm. And this was not even a clinic she worked at anymore. She was just <laughs> like... <laughs> But she she had had experience with COVID. She knew how serious it could be. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, go right now. You do not wait till tomorrow. And I'm genuinely convinced that she saved my life that day yeah. by insisting that I go to the doctor. Because she met me up at the clinic and was like, this is an emergency. She needs to get in right now. She has a newborn, you know. And they took my oxygen stats and my oxygen levels were at 85, which is like the point when you your organs could potentially shut down from lack of oxygen. Man. I looked that up later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, they, were, they took x-rays of my lungs, and they were like, your lungs are filled with pneumonia. Uh-huh. Like, you need to get on oxygen yesterday. Yeah. And my husband was in the clinic with me, and the doctor looked at him and said, you need to take her to the hospital right now. I don't care if you have to drag her there. Mm -hmm. This is serious. Like, get her there now. And so I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Right. I have a two-week-old baby. Yeah. Who is breastfed. Like, what am I supposed to do? And Brenda actually said, give me your baby. Like, I will take her home with me. Yeah. I will feed her milk out of the stash that I have in my freezer. Like, I I can handle this part. You go take care of you. Mm-hmm. And so that was what she did. And I'm forever grateful to her. Yeah. For doing that. So you get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that experience. Because that was nuts, too. Oh, my gosh. So Josh takes me to the hospital. And... um. They, he went in with me to uh, check me in. Yeah. 
and then he went back out to the car to get something for me and when when he came back they would not let him back in yeah and so like he didn't get to tell me goodbye and I think I I mean I can't imagine that was probably really difficult for him but they check me in and they put me in a room that was like the size of a closet yeah in a chemo chair I mean it looked like a storage room so I'm in a chemo chair Mm -hmm. in a closet with a roommate yeah and no windows no windows we're divided by a curtain um I was so dehydrated that they could not find a vein like they kept blowing out my veins Mm -hmm. I think it took them three times and they blew out my veins every time before they could finally get me an IV going to get me some fluids yeah I did not get oxygen at all that night. I sat in a chair for, like, literally all night. Um, did not sleep all that night. The next morning, they come get me, and they're like, Wait, we're going to put you in a, a room. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, like, basically what you would see as an exam room when you go to the doctor. Like, yeah. But I was on a gurney. Again, windowless room. I was on a gurney, and this is where I stayed for the next four days. Mm-hmm. Um, bathroom was down the hall. I did get on oxygen when I went to that room. Yeah. But the bathroom was down the hall, so I could not go to the bathroom unless I, like, removed my oxygen and walked myself down there because a nurse, the nurses were, like, so overworked yeah. <laughs> that they could not help me go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I had to, like, just take off my oxygen and pray that I didn't pass out. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, let me just paint a beautiful picture for you. I am a new mother who's just had a baby. I can't shower. Right. I can't bathe. I've just had a baby. Mm -hmm. Use your imagination. Well, and you're nursing the baby. Yeah. So you have all kinds of things. Yeah going on (laughs) right um but for four days like I I only saw another human being every four hours when they came to check my stats or give me a breathing treatment and that was it and like you said windowless room I had to FaceTime Josh and be like take me outside yeah see the sun yeah (laughs) and had no idea what time of day it was nothing I mean that is so crazy not only that outside of my room I can hear people coding like every yeah hour and and footsteps like rushing to go take people there are people on gurneys out in the hallway it was chaos Mm -hmm. and I feel bad for anybody who had to work that yeah or like live through that because it was very dramatic it really was (laughs) why don't you tell what was going on on the other end of the spectrum while I was in the hospital. Well, we got the phone call that, like, you had actually gone and they kept you overnight. So then I was texting you and you were worried about Fee because now she was back with Josh mm-hmm. and Josh's mom had stayed. Yeah. But they were already, like, again, she's two weeks old. Like, you have not had time to create a freezer stash of milk. Right. <laughs> So then I ask you if you feel comfortable with, like, me reaching out to other people. And you're like, 
yes, uh, like whatever she needs, that's fine. Right. So four different moms around the community either had a stash or knew someone who did and just rallied. And we had your freezer stocked like by the end of the day for Fiona. Um, So we took that to your house and then brought Kellen home to get, try <laughs> to get Josh a break. Yeah, as we, Josh told me later that he had he had to hold Fiona yeah. all night yeah. so she could sleep. Because he did not sleep much the night before, and I'm sure, like, he was still there with a the newborn, so I doubt he slept much better that night. But So we brought Kellen home, and he had a slumber party with his cousins and was just, like, living it up. Yeah. But, I mean, it was... It was scary for a second because nobody knew what was happening there. And I had to bring you your pump because mm-hmm. you had no way to, like, relieve yeah. yourself yeah. and everything. And I remember getting there, and I had everything in a little bag, and I walked in, and they acted like they had no idea anything I was talking about. And I was like, you have a patient. All I need is to give her this bag and let her use it send some stuff back with me yeah that's it like you can take this i don't care but i had to sit there for like two hours just yeah. to, for somebody to have five seconds to run out and get it and bring it to you yeah. because it was nuts in there and it was to the stage where you couldn't sit close to anybody everybody had to have a mask nonstop. like right if this you took it off you were going to get yelled at this was not even one of the most overcrowded hospitals no like this this was one that was like we chose it specifically because they weren't really overrun. Yeah. Or we didn't think so. Yeah. But I don't know. And then meanwhile, like, again, this goes back to mine and Elliot's story. Like, yeah. the day we were running around getting the milk and I was bringing you stuff was our actual anniversary. And then the next day for us is when everything came out. And yeah. it was a mess. So all of this in every part of the family is happening i mean you talk about like feeling like a bomb went off yeah it was like everything that could attack us at one time did attack yeah. us we have cancer we have a new baby hello happy and then we have covid then we have all of our stuff like it was nuts and there were there were people saying like they were really wondering if i was going to make it out yeah i think i think that ran through everybody's head at one point or another mm-hmm. but i have to say that like the people that rallied around us because it was not just family mm-hmm. and it wasn't even people we knew super well right but the moms that donated the milk the people that sent food to my husband the people i mean y'all took care of kellen y'all brought me stuff to the hospital on your anniversary like <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was just it it does sometimes take things like that happening, like Dad said in his episode, for you to feel loved and yeah. feel that sense of community rallied around you. Right. So I was very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So then after I got out of the hospital and got to go home, yeah, I had the, that morning I had done my little uh, test. It was like a walking test. You come, they come in and you walk back and forth the room several times and then they check your oxygen levels and see if you can go home without oxygen or if you need oxygen tank at home yeah and thankfully I passed so I didn't need oxygen um but I was so 
incredibly weak. Yeah. And I had lost like 20 pounds. And and that was crazy to me because it was like I just had a baby. Yeah. And not only did I lose that weight, I lost an additional like 15 pounds. It yeah. was nuts. I was skeletal. And it took a long time for my strength to return. Like it probably took at least a month for me to feel like I could just like do normal activities again. Right. So that was crazy. But when I got home, I remember Josh asking me, like, was there ever a point where you thought you weren't coming out? Mm-hmm. And I was like, not a chance. Like, yeah. Because I knew that God had made promises for me over my life that I had not yet seen fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so I knew the only way that I wasn't getting to those promises was if I decided to tap out. Yeah. And I was not going to let that happen. Right. So I had to hang in there to see God's work in my life. Yep. So with that statement that you just made, because like, I think that's really important because Josh asked you if you ever thought you weren't going to make it. And you said no, because God had made you promises. So that was like the thing that gave you strength to keep fighting right during that time. But then if you go back to the very beginning, like we had just all gotten this diagnosis for your dad, Mm -hmm. but then God also told you like, it's time to have baby number two yeah and I just need you to trust me like I need you to do it and then that was such a bright spot too to like give everybody something to hope for during that time too so even if you're in a hard phase I think it's important to be pressing into God because then he does give you stuff to look forward to that's going to help you get through whatever it is right now right he can always pull you through it no matter what and and it did give me things to look forward to because I was like this is not how it ends. Right. This is not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not coming up on a dead end here. Because right. Because I've seen the other side. So I would encourage other people to do the same. If, if you are going through a tough time, what has God promised you? I yeah. I mean, just go back to that. What has God promised you? And if you don't know, ask him. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee you <laughs> he's just waiting to tell you yeah. everything he has for your future. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us. Tower Talks Podcast, that's Talks with an S, on Facebook and on Instagram. And if there's any topic that you want to hear us talk about, feel free to send us a message with those ideas too.